you are listening to This Book I Read, a podcast from Beyond Cataclysm. This Book I Read, a podcast from Beyond Cataclysm, where we talk to authors about a book that stuck with them through the years, for good reasons, or sometimes bad ones. My name is Chris, he, him, also known as C.M. Lowry. I like to read and write sci-fi, and recently released a book of flash fiction called The Didocides. Find out more about me at All About Chris or various places on the internet, but we aren't here to talk about me. I'm excited to have with me in the studio, sort of, except we're over Zoom. So in the podcasting arena of the world, I have Alan Stroud with me on the show. Alan goes by he, him, and is the author of the Fractal series with Fearless and Resilient, published by Flame Tree Press in 2022. Hello, Alan. Welcome to the show. Hello. Good morning. Uh, and uh, well, it's morning here. Uh, it, it doesn't look like morning at your end. Um, thank you for having me. I turned the lights off uh, because I had the sun behind me and I put the blinds down and now I look like I'm in a cave. Um, tell us a little bit more about yourself, Alan. Uh, okay, so I'm, as I say, a science fiction author. Um, I'm chair of the British Science Fiction Association and uh, I'm a, my, my sort of main job is as a researcher. So um, I'm a, a researcher into creative futures, which uh, is essentially... A, a discussion between science fiction writers and uh, the Ministry of Defence. So I essentially I try and get the uh, uh, different uh, different experts to kind of talk to each other about things that are going to happen uh, in the next few years and uh, try and plan that and plot that. Uh, and I also have three lovely cats who are trying desperately to disturb our conversation. Wow! Yeah, I had a, I had Rachel A. Rosen on the show. Uh most recently uh and she had oh i think she had four cats and one of them kept screaming in the uh uh during the the recording which is fine i've got four dogs in the house at the moment so uh uh that's that's all good but really alan what why are you here well there's this book i read So, Alan, well, what book have you brought for us today and, and why have you brought it? So I brought House of Leaves by uh, Mark Danielewski. Now, this this is about 20 years old. Um, it was it was featured as a, you know, The Guardian sort of featured it as one of the best books of the, the year at uh, the time it was published. Um, but it's it's kind of faded away for, for some people and, you know, they, they don't necessarily know it exists. And given the fact that we're in a holiday period, this is one of those kind of books that you want to try and tackle. You know, it's not one of those books that you go, oh, you know, I'll read that and I'm I'm basically going to read straight through it. It's one of those books that's that makes you think and that requires you to really kind of focus and tackle. And it's an achievement. But it's also one of those books that, you know, that stays with you on the shelf. It's not one of those ones that you go away and you never read again you come back to it and there's always more in there for you to find. I think, I mean, I think that the, the book, I think people who love books will get that. The idea of a book that's an achievement. Um, I think 
And and some of those things are quite dense ones, like, I mean, maybe like War and Peace. I mean, my one is probably, and it might be kind of heresy to this, but Lord of the Rings, like, I'm proud I made it through. And, I, I, and I've reread The Hobbit 20 times, but Lord of the Rings is more just a, it's a badge of honour. <laughs> Like uh, for me, um, what what makes it? I don't know what 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 is it about House of Leaves that that makes it that kind of more of a challenge. So what you've got is you've got a, a book that is multi layered. So um, the main narrative is is something called the Navison Record, and the Navison Record is this description of a, a set of videotapes about a man um, trying to discover what's wrong with his house. And his house is a bit weird. He thinks it's haunted. It's not actually haunted, but there's something else going on. There's something something wrong with it. And then from that layer, you then have the person who found the the description of all the videotapes, uh, and you have his diary. And then on top of that, you have a series of uh, coloured code words in the book that reveal another story that is a, a a secret story within what's there then you have a series of words that are written in different fonts that are mixed into the pages that reveal another story uh and so on so so this is a this is a book that is multi-layered the, i'm intrigued by the i'm intrigued by the colors bit so do you have to like have a notepad to the side and like slowly write down the colors as they come through yeah yeah i mean the the, the thing is with it it was printed um at Danilewski decided that he had to control the printing process. So he he basically said when he wrote it, he was gonna, you know, he was gonna basically see it through all the way to the end. Um, but it was actually released in two versions. So there's a paperback version where of course it, the, the pages are black and white. So you can't see the color. So you lose that that layer. And then there's a hardback version, which has got the the, the colored words. And you can kind of then, and some of them are red, some are blue, and you've got to kind of organize the different different elements. I'm not gonna spoil. You know the 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 coding yeah. system, but um, what it does is it essentially it makes you rather than just read it, you have to actively participate in it. There's some pages that are written uh, in mirror writing. There are some pages that are written in code. There are some <laughs> pages that um, that use negative space uh, to to you know to kind of work on things. There are there are some pages that that the the words are kind of diagonally spread across the page. Um, yeah, it's 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 a, a pretty mad book. I think is the is the best way to describe it. Um, but you never, you know, even though you've read it, you always find something else in it. Hmm. That I mean, have you got a have you got a quote for us today so we can kind of well, get a taste I've, of I've that? Got a, I've got a section here. Um, this this kind of gives you a a kind of description of the the problem, as it were. So this this particular section gives you an idea of what the story is, so that you can kind of take that from you know the the, the premise. So this is from the Navidson record, which is the main narrative of the book, and it's as I say, it's describing videotape material. In one continuous shot, Navison, who we never actually see, momentarily focuses on a doorway on the north wall of his living room before climbing outside of the house through a window to the east of that door, where he trips slightly in the flower bed, redirects the camera from the ground exterior white clapboard, and then moves right, crawling back inside the house through a second window. 
this time to the west of that door, where we hear him grunt slightly as he knocks his head on the sill, eliciting light laughter from those in the room, presumably Karen, his brother Tom, and his friend Billy Reston, though like Navidson, they too never appear on the camera, before finally returning us to the starting point, thus completing a circle of the doorway, and so proving, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that insulation or siding is the only possible thing this doorway could lead to. Which is then when all the laughter stops, as Navidson's hand appears in frame and pulls open the door, revealing a narrow black hallway at least ten feet long, prompting Navidson to reinvestigate once again, leading us around another circoambulation of this strange passageway, climbing in and out of the windows, pointing the camera to where the hallway should extend, but finding nothing more than his own backyard. No ten-foot protuberance, just rose bushes, a muddy dark gun, and the translucent summer air. In essence, an exercise in disbelief, which, despite his best intentions, still takes Navidson back inside to that impossible hallway as the camera begins to move closer, threatening this time to actually enter it. Karen snaps, Don't you do go in there, Navi. To which Tom adds, Yeah, not such a hot idea thus arresting Navitan at the threshold, though he still puts his hand inside, finally retracting and inspecting it, as if seeing alone there might be something more to feel. Reston wanting to know if in fact his friend does sense something different, and Navitan providing the matter-of-fact answer, which also serves as a, a conclusion, however abrupt, to this bizarre short. It's freezing in there. I mean, that that's it's a very interesting... It, it actually reminded me in my head. I started visual. I don't know if you've ever played, and I've actually not really played the game. Yeah. But the game Metal Gear Solid, yeah, uh, which is is I think is all told from the angle of like security cameras, and you kind of see people walking down passages in weird ways. It, it immediately evoked that in my in my mind. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you, you'd kind of if you were going to give writing advice, and you know, I've I've taught writing for about twenty years. If you're going to give writing advice, you tell people. Um, try and stay immediate, try and stay with the action, try and stay right there. And so so by having this kind of wall where there's a, you know, this is a written record of a videotape, you're you're pretty much right at the start breaking the rules, as it were. You know, you're not doing the thing that people say do. Um, but you're creating a you're using that, you know, you're using that for a specific reason, um, which is one of the reasons why I think it it works, you know, um, uh, to make it unusual um, in that regard. There's also, I mean, some of those, you know, I, I just read that straight, but there's one or two words in that that are, are highlighted, you know, picked up as 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 sort of code words for later on, uh, <laughs> you know, all sorts of balmy stuff going on uh, in terms of all stuff. But this is it. He, he's investigating his house, which to start with, he discovers is bigger on the inside by only a couple of inches than it is on the outside. And then gradually, these doors start to appear to places that shouldn't exist. Um, and he starts exploring these places in his house that shouldn't be there. Um, that, that idea of it only being a couple of inches, like that's, 
I've, I've I had a friend recently. I've, I've got a friend who's um, part of identical triplets, so he's yeah. he's one yeah. of three. Yeah, um, and he just started a job uh, in in the same place as his brother works, doing the other half of his brother's job share. Right. Uh, and uh, so someone someone was like, "Oh, morning, Pete," and he's like, "I'm actually I'm actually not Pete. I'm yeah. Dave." And then the guy was like, "Yeah, sure, you are Pete." Um, and uh, but like that that slightly. You know, it's not a million miles away from reality, yeah. but just enough is more unnerving than yeah. I opened the door and I was inside an elephant, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I think the key thing here is that, and this is the takeaway I have as a writer from it, is I, I don't write this kind of dense material. I'm not, I'm not that kind of writer. But the, the takeaway that I get is that you don't have to explain everything. You never have to explain everything. You know, I I, I sort of grew up as a as a thinking I was going to be a fantasy writer and, and very, very impressed by, you know, the the kind of long historical and expositional accounts that you would have in in great fantasy paperweights um, that you can, you know, use to to hold your door open if you want to, um, or you can read them. And I used to be, you know, very, very, very into, you know, those ideas of uh, long passages that would allow you to escape into into these worlds. But actually, sometimes you don't need that. Sometimes, you need to leave a lo- enough in there for the reader to then go, I wonder what that is. And they will lie awake at night trying to figure out what they think that is. And that actually, sometimes that's doing your work for you, you know, in that you're, you're not just uh, writing a book, then you're, you're writing something that's, that's basically being injected into the imag- imagination of the person who's reading it. So yeah, I, yeah I, I... this is that. I, I've been uh, I've been experimenting a lot more in the world of uh, role play games and role play game writing, and uh, I think what's so fascinating about the prose in in that world is is that you are writing something that's unfinished, often mm. intentionally, you know. And actually, yeah. a lot of the traditional stuff like Dungeons and Dragons is very dense. It's like the Wheel of Time series or whatever. Whereas a lot of the modern stuff, that one of the things I love is they do rumor tables, um, and they they'll you know eight different things that you've heard down the pub that might be true. And then sometimes they'll even say, is this rumour true? Like for you as the person running the game? And the answer will be maybe. Like yeah. as in, and just that that kind of that fluidity. So what's what is your favourite thing about House of Leaves? I think the fact that you can go back and reread, um, you know, and find a different narrative. Um, I, I actually really like the Navitson record. The Navitson record is, is a nice story. It's clever. There's some clever ideas in it. Um, you can read the book just reading that. Um, and then there's a very different tone to the the way in which the other sections are written, you know, the, the footnotes of the person that's found it. Um, I, I guess if you push me in terms of one technique that this guy does, which I think is great, is that uh, there are fake bibliographic references. Yeah, that is that amazing. Done in, you know, and they're not all fake. They're done next to correct bibliographic references. So if you chose to go and research all the different books that are cited in the kind of dry academic elements, you'll find half of them don't exist. Some of them do, uh, but half of them don't. I think you, you and you can't tell. You know, you know that. You know, he's he's written the prose in such a way as in such a confident way 
that you you don't know that actually these things aren't aren't real. I've always I've always the I think ever since I started reading properly reading kind of modern fantasy sci-fi as a as a teenager and you come across Terry Pratchett who's probably the king of footnotes um and uh, and then I think a lot of us when we start writing think oh just putting loads of footnotes in is funny and then we realize that actually no there's a genius in doing it well and it's yeah. very easy to just put nonsense that should have just been edited out in yeah. footnotes yeah So you mentioned the idea that this book is is amazing, it's interesting, it's full of fluid, fantastic ideas, but also that it's a bit dense and kind of not an easy read. Are there any problems or challenges you have with the book? Well, you've got to make your choice into how you read it. So on each page, you're going to have uh, the Navitan record and you're going to have um, a series of different notation sections from the different narratives. So you've got to make a decision about what you're going to read. Now, my my advice is when you first go into it, read the Navison record. Ignore everything else. Just read the Navison record. And then you've you've read uh, a chunk of the narrative. Then maybe go back in again and read the Navison record and read the notes and see how that changes the story. This is why it's it's not a book that you just you read it once and you put it on the shelf and go, yeah, I read that. You know, it's a book that you kind of go. I'm going to go back and I'm going to find out a bit more and I'm going to find out a bit more. Um, so it, it provides you with that opportunity in terms of, of what you're doing. And I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't try going in to, to sort of arm yourself up to say, I'm going to crack all the codes. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to solve all the puzzles. I would just take it. So it's, you know, it's like layers. Take it as this is the layer that's presented to me first. That's the one that I will read. And then the next layer, I'll I'll try reading it with this alongside it. And then I'll try cracking these bits and then I'll do, do this bit. Um, so, yeah, so that's why you can come back to it. Do you uh, do you like crossword puzzles? No, I can't stand them. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, you know, I'm not really a kind of cryptic person in that I think for me that that element is is great with this, but it just... I, I'm more, I guess, I guess that part of it I kind of appreciate as a uh, as an academic because yeah. I know that what this is doing, as soon as it gets you trying to solve stuff, what it's actually doing is it's activating you. You know, so you're not just sitting and reading a book and you know and listening to the tally in the background or or someone talking to you or you know or doing something else. You know, it's basically activating you and forcing you to to engage with the book and to do something else to to continue your engagement. So I'm I'm kind of I'm admiring of that. Um, in terms of puzzles in isolation, I I I, I don't see the point. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't I don't really like them either. I think the fact that you like this despite not liking those encourages me and makes me think. It, it sounds like a book that really you've mentioned. You know, teaching writers. It, it sounds like a book that's that really is good for, you know, it doesn't sound like a book that if someone was saying to me, oh, I, I'd like to, you know, start reading some of these kind of, you know, these books that you talk about. It doesn't start like this is the first one that you, you start. Because, I mean, if you open a book, you know, now before you open this book, let me just warn you, you need to decide what book you're going to read within that book. Uh, that sounds like quite a book for writers who maybe sometimes we forget just how broad the world of possibilities of what we can do 
even within the concept of what is a book, it sounds, I mean, eye-opening. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there are one or two like this that um, that have come out since. There's um, uh, S, which is by J.J. Uh, Abrahams, the uh, the film director, and uh, uh, an English uh, professor of, uh, of English literature, Doug Dorst. Um, but it's not really by those two people, as in it's by a um, an invented alias author called Straka, uh, Vaclav Straka, who um, you're actually reading his book. Uh, when you buy it, it's got a, uh, a seal on it, so you have to break the seal to, to get in it. And then you start reading and you realize that somebody has written in different colored pen annotation all over the, 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 the margins. And so in that book, what you have to do is, you know, you, you've got to make a choice about whether you're reading the story or you're reading the story and you're reading the annotations. And reading that, I, I struggle to stay with the story because the annotations are so interesting because it's it's a conversation between two people. Um, but it's a conversation that's in certain colored pen for when they first spoke about the book in different coloured pen for when the second spoke about the book <laughs> and in uh, different coloured pen for when they third spoke about the book. So, you know, so you're reading four different timelines. You're reading the original narrative in these <laughs> timelines down the side. And it just, yeah, I, I kind of find myself distracted and, and can't necessarily keep hold of where the original story is that they're, they're commenting on. Um, whereas House of Leaves you know which section you can go into. You know, you know you can go to this or go to that. I'd, I'd say S is probably more um, more clever and more complicated in that once you open it, you've got postcards, you've got maps, you've got newspaper wow. articles. They all they all they're all in in you know inserted in key pages so that you pull them out and you can you can read them. You've got letters, you know, so you know that you're supposed to read this at this stage and this at this stage and so on and so forth. Um, but again, they're they're both books that are experience books. You know, you, yeah. you, you're 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 going in there for the um, for the diversity of the the story that's been created for you. Well, it's interesting, isn't it, that it's written by a, a film director? Because I immediately jumped in my mind. I immediately jumped to the idea of watching Inception, but watching all of the different <laughs> bits of Inception sort of at once. Yeah. Why should people listening hunt it out for a read? If you're going to give them a kind of a one little reason why they should. Well, well, I think it shows you what you can do. As in, you know, this is something that will, um, it broadens any reading palette, um, you know, in that regard. And I, I would say the Navitan record, much as it's quite dense, it's actually fairly accessible. Once you start going through it and you recognize they're describing a videotape. By the way, the videotape doesn't exist. You know, the the, the whole series of videotapes don't exist. So just in case you go hunting for the for the documentary that they mention and the other stuff, it, it actually doesn't exist. Um, but you know, it once you get past the um the initial bit um of the the fact that it's a description of video recordings, it's actually fairly accessible. You can read that story and and it's not. You know, it's not horrendous. I've read, you know, read denser stories in terms of uh, uh, of other stuff, but it gives you this idea of the power of what you can do with a page. You know, you've got someone's attention. Why not try things? And so, anyone that that you know is looking at, at storytelling and the craft of storytelling in any medium, they can kind of look at this and go, "Wow, you know, look at the way in which he's got me doing X," or 
uh, he's made, made me do why, you know, why, why am I turning four pages to kind of find the next bit that's here? There's six words on this page. Why are there only six words on this page? Why hasn't he used the whole page? What's that for? You know, there's all sorts of, um, of kind of intention going on here, uh, which I think is incredibly clever. So has Mark Danilewski written any other books? Any any other recommendations you'd make? You've already given a few. Not like this. Not like this. No. I, you know, I mean, the, he's he's quoted online in in different interviews as you know, responding to people who've read this and people who found it. It has a really profound effect on them, you know. And so he said, you know, I I'm quite humbled by the fact that people dig me out somewhere on the internet or or find me somewhere, you know, they see my name on something and, you know, and they, they attend an event that I'm at and dig me out and basically say, you changed my life. Your book is just, you know, um, you know, it's such an, a, you know, an incredible um, experience in terms of, uh, of what's there. So, yeah, no, I, I think, I mean, S is the, the obvious one. There was, um, I think Ryan Hughes did something called XX, fairly recently it was only about two or three years ago um that's also got some of these kind of things but but with him um if i remember rightly yeah uh, he he's more of a, a graphic artist so um so it's more of a a kind of um you know, the, the, there's more of a kind of um illustrative quality to, to that particular book but they're all you know they're all weighty tomes they're all sort of you know stacked kind of uh yeah i saw it was I saw. I think when I was reading about it before you came, and I saw it seven hundred pages, uh, which is quite a few pages, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah, well, that does help, doesn't it? But, 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 some of those pages have only got six words on them, right? <laughs> <laughs> and and when you're reading, you know, when you're only reading one narrative line through it, then you know, actually, you, you'll turn them quite quickly. But. Um, you know, you'll then have to go back. So, you know, sorry. Yeah, I think that'd only be, if that was only six words per page over 900, that's like, that's only about 5,000 words or something, I think it'd be. I, 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 I can't promise you six words <laughs> per page. I'm sorry. So that was House of Leeds by Mark Danilewski. Uh, and you've been listening to this book I read, uh, which is a podcast from Beyond Cataclysm. If you enjoyed this, please check out our other episodes and our other podcast. Uh, we have What is Roleplay, which is a look at the basics of roleplay games and RPGs with special guests and a beginner-friendly approach. Please give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. It does genuinely impact how many people see what we do. Uh, we're going to chat a little bit more with Alan in a second, but our aim at Beyond Cataclysm for 2023 is to be able to, is to, be able to sustainably pay Dave, Beyond Cataclysm's in-house artist, editor, website maintainer, general workhorse, and all-round lovely person. You can support us by backing our Patreon at patreon.com slash beyondcataclysm and by buying our awesome stuff at beyondcataclysm.co.uk. I got that the wrong way around. Never mind. Let's not worry about that. I'll probably edit it that. Um, so I've been Chris Lowry. You can find out more about me at allaboutchris.org or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as at CM Lowry author. Alan, what more do we need to know about you?
Um, well, you know, I mean, there, there's plenty that uh, that I do. I mean, um, some of the stuff that um, that I get up to, I mean, inspired by House of Leaves in a little way is um, I, I write. Um, my science fiction series, uh, the Fractal series, is uh, is currently uh, has two volumes out by Flame Tree Press, and we've uh, we've just done six more novellas over this summer. Now. Um, those were due i think we were going to start releasing them actually at the end of 2022 but i think it's you know it's it slipped into 2023 which is um entirely fine but yeah uh, interesting that they decided that uh, it would be a good idea to kind of expand the the science fiction world that i was working in so that there were lots of different stories coming into it so a little bit like uh you know house of leaves with lots of different narratives um again my my work tends to feature kind of elusive elements, so I don't necessarily explain everything. So if you want, you know, all the answers, you're you're not going to get them. We want your imaginations thinking on what they might be. Um, I worked uh, for a long time on. Uh, the computer game Elite Dangerous. Um, so quite recently, actually, I've been engaged in some of the forum discussions now, which um, people may remember the original computer game Elite. And Robert Holstock, the, um, the fantasy writer, actually wrote some science fiction for Elite, wrote The Dark Wheel. And amazingly, even though he wrote that in 1984, for the first iteration of the game, yeah. we're now on the fourth iteration of the game. And... They're still searching for Raxler, <laughs> which is the, the 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 secret society, secret planet that he wrote into that story in 1984. And people are so again, you know, the power of mythology. It you know it, it continues. So you know that that kind of you can see a kind of theme in that. That was that was Holstock's kind of uh, thing, and and Dan Olusky obviously is is similar in that regard. Uh, other stuff I do, I, I write music. You know, I compose science fiction music for um, for audio drama. Oh, nice! And, uh, and other things. I'd be, yeah, I'd be, you know, I'd be so. interested to. I, I, rec- I wrote the uh, the soundtrack for this podcast, so uh, I'd be interested okay, to have your okay. feedback. I was okay. quite inspired, mostly. I basically just tried to rip off Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I suspect, but uh, oh, fair <laughs> I'm a. I mean, I'm a, a little bit of a Evangelist fan, to be honest, um, and uh, uh, you know, sort of that kind of orchestral synth um you know in terms of what i i write um i do i did the the soundtrack recently for uh the dex legacy which is a an audio drama that emily Inkpen has done mm. which uh, you can find on all good uh you know all good apple and uh spotify and the like downloadables uh to get hold of um she's done the first season and the second season is currently being written uh yeah so you know i mean i do a lot of things um the the exciting stuff with work is you know i get science fiction writers to talk to uh uh to to people um in the government which is is quite that does that i mean especially with all the stuff that's happening with ai i feel like i feel I, i'm actually not going to ask you about it because i feel like we could have a whole 40 minutes of just just chatting about it and obviously the impact on writing uh so maybe maybe we'll have you come back uh have come back another time to chat about that that sure. would be great um it's been a pleasure alan um you haven't told us where we can are you on social media and things like that yeah you can as long as you spell my name right you know a double l e n you can usually find me everywhere so um 
there's there's only one other guy with with the same spelling of the name uh and he he was a news reporter in america um so i'm not the news reporter in america <laughs> if you if you find every other link, then it's usually it comes back to I, me. I'm quite jealous there, given that the other Chris Lowry <laughs> is a science fiction writer in America, writing more <laughs> books and being more successful than me. So I'm CM Lowry. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry about that. No, I, I was, I was, I was fortunate that my parents chose how they chose. They did originally they were going to call me David, uh, and if it had been David, then I'd have been lost, you know, amidst hundreds of Davids. But thankfully, they went for the the very um uh very old name that is actually um goes back seven generations as a as a kind of middle name in my family and uh, i'm the first generation with it as a as a first name so yeah. nice well thank you very much alan um thank you listeners as well this has been a podcast from beyond cataclysm if you enjoyed this check out the other episodes and our other podcast what is roleplay a look at the basics of roleplay games and rpgs with special guests and a beginner friendly approach if you've enjoyed this please give us a five star review wherever you get your podcasts it genuinely helps us with algorithms and people seeing what we do our aim at Beyond Cataclysm for 2023 is to be able to sustainably pay Dave. Dave is Beyond Cataclysm's in-house artist, editor, website maintainer, Twitter, workhorse, and all-round lovely person. You can support us by backing our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash beyond cataclysm and by buying our awesome stuff and the beautiful things that other people create at beyondcataclysm.co.uk. Have a lovely day and thanks for stopping by. Bye. You've just listened to This Book I Read, hosted by me, CM Lowry, and starring Alan Stroud. Find out more about us, our podcasts, opportunities for submissions to our projects, and more at Beyond Cataclysm. .co.uk Thanks for listening.